Hey everyone, we're now officially halfway through 2023, which is insane. Now today I'm going to be counting down my top 10 most anticipated movies for the second half of 2023, as well as quite a lot of honorable mentions, which is what we are going to start with. Make sure to enjoy the ranking and after that, make sure to let me know what your most anticipated movie for the second half of 2023 is by answering the Q&A on Spotify or any one of Spotify subsidiaries. Thank you so much for listening as always, and let's get started. Let's start off with some honorable mentions. First up, Next Goal Wins. This is Taika Waititi's next film. About a year and a half ago, this would have easily cracked my top 10. However, I'm going to fully admit that Thor Love and Thunder, and then after that, revisionist on some of his films. I'm a lot lower on Taika Waititi's films now than I once was. Furthermore, I didn't really think the trailer for this movie looked all that good. But the concept itself, the story seems hopeful, optimistic. It seems inspirational. So I want to see this film but it doesn't really come near to cracking my top 10 as of right now. Next up, Five Nights at Freddy's. I cannot imagine I'm saying this, but I'm actually really looking forward to seeing the FNAF film. And I think the reason for that is because the game itself, I've seen clips of it on YouTube. It can be very scary, but beyond that, the trailers for this movie have looked really good, which is why this cracks my honorable mentions. Next up, Killers of the Flower Moon, a new Martin Scorsese film I'm going to be interested in at the very least. I'm super nervous about the runtime. It's three and a half hours long. But I do think the story looks compelling from the trailers we've got. So I'm looking forward to seeing this when it hits theaters. And I'm very happy it's hitting theaters. Next up, Sympathy for the Devil, the new Nicolas Cage film. He starred alongside Joel Kinnaman. Looks like an intense thriller. I'm down. Gran Turismo, a film based off a real-life story that I never, I'd never heard of before this and off, of, off a game that I don't care about. But the trailers for this movie, again, have looked great. Again, the true story looks compelling, interesting. I love David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, a lot of the cast. Jaimon Hansu, some great people in the cast. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the sequel to 2018's Aquaman, which is one of the most entertaining, purely entertaining, again, guilty pleasure comic book movies of mine. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. Haven't heard the best things about the sequel, but I do think it will still be fun. And lastly, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. I believe it's titled Ghostbusters Firehouse, if I'm not mistaken. I'm really looking forward to this movie, and a big part of why I don't think it's cracked the top 10 is because I'm very concerned this movie won't make it to release date considering they just wrapped filming and they only started like two months ago so i'm i don't think this film will hit its december release date but as of right now it still has the release date so i guess we'll have to wait and see but i thought ghostbusters afterlife was great and i really hope this movie is more of that and also i'm a bit nervous jason reitman isn't coming back to direct and i don't know if that's because his father passed away in between the last film and this film and maybe he didn't want to come back to the property that soon which I completely get, but I really wanted him to come back. I'm a bit disappointed he didn't come back. If you're enjoying this episode so far, if you're just the honorable mentions, again, make sure to answer what your most anticipated movie of 2023 for the rest of the year is for the second half is by answering the Q&A over on Spotify. Now let's officially start the top 10. And coming into my number 10 is Wonka. Now I'm going to fully admit, I believe they're releasing the trailer for this film in a couple of days. I haven't seen the trailer yet. And I think actually think a trailer would have determined better better whether or not this makes it this high on the list or if it just falls down a few spots. Because when it comes to this film, and well, I guess when it comes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that book, I remember reading so much when I was a kid. I even like the Tim Burton film. It was Tim Burton. It was Johnny Depp starring in it at the very least. And I remember enjoying that film from the 2000s when I was a kid, even though I don't think it aged the best. And I don't think I would enjoy it too much if I watched it now. And then when it comes to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from like 
the, I don't remember what that was in the 1970s, 1980s. I have a lot of nostalgia for watching that film. And this story, I, I have a lot of nostalgia for in general. And I like Timothy Chalamet a lot. And I actually think he's a perfect pick for a young Willy Wonka, like a very awkward and shy character who has this hidden talent. And this movie kind of will tell the origin stories of Willy Wonka and how he created his chocolate factory. I'm, I'm interested by that. But even more, the director of the two Paddington films, Paul King, is directing this. And, though, and he obviously has a great track record. So I have a feeling this movie will be really good. It'll be one of the biggest surprises of the year. And that's why the movie cracks my top 10. And it just seems from everything I've heard about the footage they've shown to be a really fun time. That's why Wonka cracks my top 10, which I'm as surprised by as anybody. I did not expect this movie to when they first announced it. Number nine, again, a couple months ago, I didn't even know this movie existed, and that is Dumb Money. Now, I'm going to admit, before they put out the trailer for this, this film was in my top five based off what I'd heard about it from all the reports that came out of CinemaCon. So just to read the synopsis up from you off Letterboxd, Internet commentator Keith Gill sinks his life savings into GameStop stock and posts about it. When his social posts start blowing up, so do his life and the lives of everyone around him. As a stock tip becomes a movement, everyone gets rich until the billionaire fights back and both sides find their world turns upside down. So when it comes to these kind of financial-based, real-life kind of dramas, kind of in the vein of something like AR and all that, I absolutely love these kinds, these kinds of movies that are based kind of in business and they're, they're about someone who just kind of blows up in their fame because of this big event. I'm, I'm big into these stories. I love these kind of stories. I love these kind of real-life tales that tell stories from the modern age and kind of telling about that kind of, I guess, meme stock that happened with GameStop back, I think, at the start of the pandemic era, just a couple of years ago, which is weird to call it an era. But I think it sounds great. And I love the cast for this film. Just list off, obviously, we have Paul Dick. Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, obviously I love that guy, Nick Offerman, Anthony Ramos, Sebastian Stan, Shailene Woodley, Seth Rogen, Dane DeHaan, tons of big name actors, tons of people I love in the cast. And when it comes to the trailer, I think overall it looks really fun. It looks like it has this witty script and screenwriting style to it. Again, I love those kind of quick talking kind of films. This movie absolutely seems like that. Craig Jalebsi, I think, has had a bit of a mixed track record when it comes to his films. But this movie looks fun. My only concern with this movie is I really don't like the visual style. I feel like this movie that really would have benefited from a more poppy and vibrant color palette. And I think that a lot of Adam... This feels kind of like an Adam McKay movie. But the difference is Adam McKay's movies, I think, are more fun to look at. This movie seems like it's very much lacking in the directing chair. And that's why it dropped a few places. I don't really like looking at the trailer. But I think it looks fun. It looks enjoyable. I'm really looking forward to seeing this when it hits theaters. I believe it got moved up to September, which is very exciting. Number eight, The Killer. David Fincher's latest film and another crime thriller, murder mystery kind of based film. Now, from what, and it's kind of, this time I believe it's centered on the serial killer rather than on kind of the main detective solving the crime. So when it comes to this film, I believe it's releasing on Netflix at the end of this year. I believe it's releasing in November. And I believe it's also based off a graphic novel, which is really exciting and different for David Fincher, and I'm really looking forward to this. Now, I love David Fincher, and all of my favorites, of my, my two favorite movies from him are Seven and Zodiac, which definitely are the two films that seem the most similar to this film. When it comes to the plot synopsis, it doesn't really give anything other than that we are centered on an assassin, which I think, again, is a different perspective on one of David Fincher's crime thrillers. I'm really curious how he handles that. But the fact that he's returning to this genre, that, is, that he, with him and the genre together, have produced some of the best movies over the past 
30 years, or yeah, 30 years, because 7 came out back in 1995. I love David Fincher. The concept of this sounds great. It seems like exactly what I want David Fincher to do, especially considering I would say his last, well, I guess just Mank, his previous film, I wasn't really a fan of at all. This movie seems much more the David Fincher I love, but told in a very different perspective. So that's why I'm really excited. I can't wait to get a trailer for this movie. I can't wait to see footage. I'm so excited. I just wish the movie was coming out in theaters. Number seven is The Creator. Now, if you don't know what this is, this is an original sci-fi film directed by Gareth Edwards, director of the 2014 Godzilla film and the director of Rogue One up until he was removed from the project and Tony Gilroy took over. And Tony Gilroy obviously went on to do Andor. So I don't really know how much of Rogue One Gareth Edwards directed, but my favorite thing about Gareth Edwards is the way he captures big screen action is absolutely spectacular. He knows how to show scale and you can complain that he didn't show enough Godzilla in his Godzilla movie, which I think is totally fair. But one thing that he absolutely did get was to really display how large Godzilla is in relation to the rest of the city. And because of that, I feel like he really knows how to create stakes and tension within his action. Moreover, his movies just look beautiful. I would argue Rogue One probably has the best cinematography, at least other than Empire Strikes Back, out of any Star Wars film. Because they really feel real and gritty. And this film absolutely has it. This movie looks so expensive, but I don't think it has a production budget on the level of most Disney films. This movie is coming from 20th century. And when it comes to the trailer, I think this movie looks awesome. John David Washington getting one more chance in a big sci-fi role. I really hope this one puts him even more on the map following Tenet. And even then, there's been, there have been some rumors about some of the reports of test screenings. People have said great things about this, so I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. The trailer looks big, epic. It looks like a sci-fi original concept, and that's exactly what I want more of from big studios, these kind of big swings. And it does deal with a war between humans and AI. Maybe there's definitely a bit of a Terminator element with John David Washington's character kind of traveling with this kind of the creator character who's actually a kid, which is revealed in the trailers, which is really interesting. And I definitely want to see this movie. I think it looks big, epic. It looks great. And it really looks like it's going to have a lot of subtext and themes, and it's also going to be very timely with the nature of the story. So I cannot wait to see the creator. Number six, Rebel Moon. Another movie that I cannot wait to see, but is unfortunately releasing on Netflix. Now, when it comes to Rebel Moon, the really the reason it is in my top 10 is because this is the latest film from Zack Snyder. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I am a big fan of Zack Snyder's films. Now, do I, did I think some of his non-DC work is all that good? No, not necessarily, but... I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, but when it, comes to, when it comes to Zack Snyder, one thing, again, he's great at is visual effects and kind of showing the scope of his stories, and he's very ambitious, even though a lot of the time, and sometimes more times than not, I guess you could argue, he doesn't, his execution doesn't fully live up to that ambition. When it comes to Rebel Moon, again, all the little clips, the teasers we've seen look epic, they look big, the sets, again, feel real, even the visual effects look fantastic. A lot of the cast looks great, like Jai Mahantu, a big fan of him, again, he shows up again, he looks awesome in this, and Sofia Botella, I'm excited for her to get a like big leading role. When it comes to the plot, it seems like a relatively simple story, but it seems to be showing its influences and drawing from kind of 60s to 70s style, kind of like Lone Warrior kind of stories, and I personally enjoyed that, those movies that have to take inspiration from that. And this concept, I believe was originally, Zack Snyder wanted to pitch this as a Star Wars project, but it's probably a bit too hard R and a bit too adult to be a Star Wars film so I like that Zack Snyder went in his own direction and went more original with this so again this movie definitely won't have the most unique story 
but I think it would just be a big, really fun Netflix movie where the scale is art and it's Zack Snyder. And I'm always interested to see what that guy does. And that's why Rebel Moon makes it to number six. Kicking off my top five is Blue Beetle. This is really the only comic book movie that makes it anywhere near the top 10. Obviously, I had Aquaman, but that wasn't really ever going to make the top 10. And the reason for that is because I love Blue Beetle as a character. This is a character I wanted to see on the big screen for a long time. Again, I've said it before, Ted Kord is the version of Blue Beetle that I knew and that I've been you know, growing up knowing and loving. But in this movie, we have Jaime Reyes. And I think a big part of what elevates this movie and in terms of my excitement is that we casted Miguel Cholo Maraduena from Cobra Kai. And I always want that guy to succeed. I think he's a great actor. He deserves to get so much more work after Cobra Kai ends with the upcoming sixth season. And I think Blue Beetle is a great gateway for him to continue getting that. I absolutely love Cobra Kai and I love that he's getting work in this. And I think he's a perfect choice for Jaime Reyes. I've read... I believe over half of the original Blue Beetle run from, I believe, like 2007, right after Infinite Crisis, where Jaime Reyes was introduced. Most of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but for those of you who do, I've read over half of that run. I don't think it's the greatest run I've ever read, but I've grown to really like the character of Jaime Reyes, even if I think the stories being told with him in that run are a little lackluster. I still think that the character is great, and I think there's a great potential for a very unique a very familiar superhero origin story told through a very unique cultural perspective. And I always love superhero stories that do that, like Miss Marvel. I thought it was at its strongest when it was focusing on telling Kamala Khan getting her powers, but in a very different kind of background than what we've seen in most of kind of the American-based superhero films. Blue Beetle seems to be doing something similar. I think the trailers looked great. And I'm really looking forward to getting a second trailer. This movie comes out in just over a month, and I'm still waiting for the full trailer for this movie. But... I can't wait to see this. I'll absolutely be going there opening day. I love this character. I love DC. And I'm just rooting for DC to succeed right now, especially as we're moving into James Gunn and his upcoming DCU. And I just realized that I completely lied about the whole comic book movie thing because the next one, I guess you could argue, is a bit of a comic book movie. And my number four is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I am absolutely shocked how excited I actually am for this movie. The main reason for that is because the latest trailer they put out which I talked about. Not many of you clicked on that episode, which I'm not, I wasn't too surprised by, but when it comes to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the trailer I thought looked fantastic. The animation style of trailer, I love that we're finally de- dealing with the turtles as actual teenagers. A lot of the voice cast, like Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman, perfect voice casting. Seth Rogen and his little production team when they're making their animated films, I think they have a decent enough track record. And moreover, I think Jeff Rowe, who's directing this film, I believe he was either a writer or director on Mitch on Mitchell's vs. the Machines, which was released on Netflix years back. That was one of the best animated movies of that year, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller were also behind that. So it was a great emotional story that I really connected with, and I really enjoyed the, just the craziness of that film. I think he's a great choice to direct this film, and the reactions have already started to pouring in from people who've seen it. Most of them say they, they, they thought it was great. I not, no, no one's like overwhelmingly saying it's one of the best movies of the year or anything like that. But it, this looks like it's going to be a really fun time, exactly what I wanted from seeing those trailers. And when it comes to the TMNT, I guess I haven't really talked about them too much on here, so I guess I should mention that I love the TMNT ever since I was so young. I used to watch the 2010's Nickelodeon show all the time, and I still think it's a very good show. I genuinely think it's one of the best animated shows released in, in the past couple of years. I also watched the original 80s or 90s cartoon a ton Particularly, I would say like the first four or five seasons, I own those. Watch those all the time, and I watch the 
Michael Bay movies in theaters, but more over the 27 TMNT movie. I have a major soft spot for that film. So I love the TMNT. I've never been as much into them in kind of on the page. I've, de- I've read a lot of issues of the original black and white run by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, I believe were their names. And I recently bought TMNT The Last Ronin, which is the kind of bookend to that and kind of the final story set in the TMNT world with one of the turtles. And I'm really looking forward to start reading that soon because I love these characters so well, even if I, I don't know them as much on the page. I, I love this group, and I love, I love this world, and I'm happy they're finally back on the big screen, and that's why TMNT Mutant Mayhem is my number four. My only disappointment is I have to wait three weeks to see it later than all of you in the U.S., or in most countries, I guess. I don't actually get to see this movie for like another six weeks, and most of you get to see it in three weeks, so that is heartbreaking. But... I hope they may move up the release date, but it's not looking good at this point. Number three, Dune Part 2. The first Dune was one of, if not my favorite film of 2021. I love, I loved it. I'm a big fan of the book as well. It's not one of my favorite books ever made or anything, but I love the story. And Denis Villeneuve, I love him as a director. I love almost all his films. They've all been, almost all of them have been stellar. So I have no reason to doubt Denis, and I have no reason to doubt that this movie is not going to be one of the greatest sci-fi movies and greatest conclusions to any multi-part story ever told. Again, I love Denis Villeneuve, and the trailer they put out last week, or a weekend or two weeks ago now for this, for this movie, was the exact trailer that I think they needed to put out to convince more people to go see this and kind of show a lot more people that I think they would be really into this film. Again, the first film was slow, but that it set everything up when right in the correct amount of pieces. And when it comes to this film, I do already know what happens in the second part, but I cannot wait to see Denis Villeneuve's version. Trailer looks epic. The music, obviously, Hans Zimmer, absolutely phenomenal. The visuals look amazing. It kind of really has this epic feel. Kind of, it very much felt like a Return of the King-style film from the trailer. Now, that's the feeling we're capturing with the second part. That's exactly what I always imagined it to be from reading the book. I cannot wait to see this film because I love the first part so much and I don't even think there's that much more of an explanation needed for why this is so high on this list. My runner-up is Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan returns to the big screen next week and I am just chomping at the bits to see a Christopher Nolan movie back on back in IMAX on the big screen with Oppenheimer. I've loved all the trailers for this film just like for most of these on this list which is why they make this list. I think it has this, again, very historical, kind of a 20th century drama. And that's, again, when it comes to historical dramas, anything set, I would say, like, between the early 1900s and, like, the 1960s, historical dramas set between them, I love those. Anything before that isn't fully my thing, but when it comes to historical dramas in that time period, there's so much, like, political stuff going on and just the tension, like, just the international relations and the tension thing that I find so fascinating and I cannot wait to see how Christopher Nolan brings a lot of that to the big screen with this film, telling the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer and the creation of the first atomic bomb. Now, I've never read the book that's based on American Prometheus, which I believe was a biogra- it was an autobiographical tale, or is it just a biogra- biographical tale of Oppenheimer's life? I don't know how much this is taking from that, how much it's going to deviate, how fictional this might be, maybe. But the trailers look great because they really capture, I feel like, the paranoia you need to capture with a story like this. The cast, one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Like Matt Damon, Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Gary Oldman, and I can go, I believe Rami Malek's also here. I mean, you can go on and on and on. One of the most, 
one of the all-time great film casts. I mean, I haven't seen this film, so I don't know how the formulas are going to be. But this seems to be more of an adult. Again, this movie is rated R. It's Christian Nolan's first R-rated movie in 20 years. I like that it's not going to dumb anything down. It's going to go really lean into its target audience, and I absolutely think I am in that target audience. I'm seeing, I will absolutely see this opening day. It's coming out next week. I'm so excited. And I've said before, Christopher Nolan is probably my favorite director, and definitely the director that I feel like most start, I like most clearly started like a deeper love for movies that I gained over the past many, many years. And I think that's why I'll always be, that's why a Christopher Nolan movie will, will pretty much always make any top 10 anticipated whatever year it comes out. I cannot wait for this movie. Christopher Nolan is back. I'm so excited. I cannot wait for the reviews. I cannot wait to see this movie myself. I am so excited. But easily coming in at my number one is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And I had to record this today only for this reason because I'm seeing this film tomorrow evening. I'm so excited. I've rewatched all but Fallout, all Mission Impossible movies except Fallout. Again, I've reminded how much I love this franchise. This franchise has got to be one of the most consistent out there. I think all of them, other than Mission Impossible 2, are at least great. And that alone should let you know that I should that this has to be number one. But moreover, Mission Impossible Fallout in particular is probably my favorite action film of all time, if not easily top three. Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise, whenever they work together, they just almost always strike gold other than Jack Reacher, which is not very good. But other than that, Tom Cruise is also just on a bit of a high right now. And I'm on a high with Tom Cruise right now because... Top Gun Maverick was my favorite movie of last year. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. I've seen that film over 10 times in the 14 months it's been out. And again, I don't really know how much more I'm to say to justify this number one pick. It's Mission Impossible. I love this franchise so much. One of my favorites. I think it is easily the greatest action franchise of all time. And I don't even think, again, there's much competition there. Mission Impossible, it's back with Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'm seeing the film tomorrow once again. I don't I keep repeating myself. And make sure to come back on Wednesday. This is also a good plug. Make sure to come back on Wednesday, or I guess Tuesday evening for some of you, depending on where you live in the world, for my review of Dead Reckoning Part 1. I am so excited to see this. This is easily the movie for the rest of the year, and I would say almost for the next year and a half that I'm going into with the most anticipation. I don't even think there's really anything coming out next year that I don't think will get delayed. <clears throat> Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse that will even match level on anticipation I've had going into this. I watched the Mission Impossible movies for the first time, I believe like a month or two after Fallout came out. I've been waiting and waiting for five years for this film. And finally, it's final, and it's at long last, it's finally here. And I cannot wait to go see it. All the reactions have been just as good as I'd hoped they'd be. The trailers have been fantastic. I have no reason to doubt this, that this movie won't be one of the greatest action movies ever made, and moreover, one of the best movies of the year, probably easily top three. So make sure to come back on Wednesday to hear my thoughts on that. Thank you guys so much for listening and listening to this ring. Make sure to let me know what your most anticipated movie of 2023 or the rest of 2023 is. I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.